0: It's what I like to call five minutes of faith life. So everybody, get out your phones. We're going to spend five minutes doing this. Babe, can you start a timer? Fine. I'm only as good as my timer. Yeah. Let's get out your phone. Okay, Tom, you don't have one? i oh, it no. Nobody? All right, it started. Okay. So Should have brought it. now we know for next time. All right. So I've mentioned this, but I realized it might be really fun for us just to share different parts of faith life. But so, Faith Life Equip is where it's our church digital management system, but it also is what gives us access to 300 Bible study resources Faith Life TV that you can watch on your phone, on a web browser, and through Roku or a Fire Stick on your smart TV, and um, college level seminary videos. And so, I've been watching several through the book of Matthew to supplement my understanding. Uh, I think I've been super, super clear on like. I can give you all the resources and I can put it in front of you and remind you but it is each person's initiative and desire whether or not they want to utilize the resources and so my heart is like hey we have these these things are available but if you want to use them you'll use them what I want to talk about today is there are several faith life apps if you go to your Google Play store or your um, app store and so I have the basic Faithlife app one, and that lets me post to our group, access information about our group, and that lets me accent, um, access our website so and messaging to each other, and I really like that. Um, and then I use Faithlife TV on my computer. I use Proclaim for the remote. Like, there's a ton of different apps. Um, but for you, if you want to do Bible study, you get to decide if Faithlife Bible study is your preference, or if Logos, Logos uh, Bible Study is your preference. So those are two different apps. So there's a Logos <laughs> app, and there's a Faith Life Study Bible app. Um, both of them, if the interface is just slightly different, but it's just your preference. I prefer Logos because I've used it for years, and like my coworker prefers Faith Life Study Bible because that's easier for her. And so your preference, your choice, um, probably the number one question that I get asked as I help churches utilize this is um, why there's so many apps. Because if you look, there's so many, and it's the idea of power versus convenience, is that when you split up these different apps for these different purposes, you each app has more power. Convenience is every app is rolled into one, but it slows down and it crashes, and so if your Logos app crashes, then, it is, then if everything is stored on that, you can't access it again. But if Logos crashes, you're still going to be able to access Faith Life TV. You're still going to be able to access the group. You're still going to be able to access everything. And so um, just a heads up, that's a really great tool. Again, if you're an adult, so it's going to be your choice whether or not you want to watch Faith Life TV. If you want the 300 Bible study resources, if you want to listen to seminary videos, I just want to put it out there because my hope for our church is that we... One, that we continue to stay outward-focused and missional, but also that we engage with the Word of God and and discover how each of us could engage with the Word of God, because I think each of us could be different. And so, for me, I love Bible study. I love getting in the Word, but I'm also an audio learner, so I'm learning more right now in this season by listening to seminary videos. So that's how I engage in the Word of God. And so... That's pretty much all I have to say about, talk to me about the apps, power versus convenience. Let me know if you have any questions, because I'm kind of a nerd about it, and it's kind of what I do at Faith Life. So uh, let me know if you have any questions. We're going to do this, because I want to also see um, how technology works in micro churches because if we're going to continue to multiply, these are kind of the things that we have to examine, is how do smaller gatherings engage with technology versus larger gatherings. So... That's my five minutes of faith life. Boom. Moving on. This is our, I don't know, who here memorized your memory verse? Alright, so every time you memorize your memory verse, your name gets added into a drawing. So at the end of the month, um, you can win a really cool gift card. So if you remember every single week, you have the um, ability to have your names in there four times.
1: Do you have to remember the words right? Wait, that wait. Which one? Like the address
0: of where it came. Yeah, from. I love it. The address, the locating address. You know, I haven't, I haven't thought about it. Okay. It'd probably be good to know the reference, that's but like you can't.
1: know,
0: let's do it one at a time. Okay. I've never done this, so we'll just see how it goes. So and then um, track camp that's coming up. Is that next weekend? Yes. Oh yes. my chicken. That is next- Oh my chicken. Oh my chicken. That is next weekend from 1.30 to 4.30. We're going to be going somewhere in Bellingham. It's off the Hannigan, off Van Wick. Van Wick, babe?
2: Yep.
0: All right, so uh, we're going to be going there and we're going to be um, working at the location. And this is a site where I'm like, bring your kids. Even if your kids are running around, your kids are there and they're beginning to get the idea of why we're doing what we're doing. And so, there's going to be, ideally, there's going to be different things for all different ages to engage in. So, like, our kids will probably be able to wash windows and, uh, like, clean tables that we're going to be using. And so, this is going to be our way of serving the camp, because I know not everyone can actually serve in the camp uh, during camp week at the end of July. So, this is kind of our way of serving our community. Fourth of July barbecue. If you are able to come, I know everybody has like different Fourth of July plans. But if you're able to come, let me know, and then I'll send you the RSVP link so we can coordinate the food. Sounds good. We already talked about kids. I'm feeling good about it. All right, we're continuing in Matthew. Is the noise? Is the screaming? I feel I'm good with the screaming.
1: I'm tired of screaming.
0: Everybody, I'm like at this point we're like. Wait, what noise? Yeah, I'm Ivan on the ground and him. Who's pinning him on the ground? Josh. Josh just likes to mess with Ivan and make him absolutely crazy. Why Josh and Josh? Actually so, like, I actually fight like
1: the kids. I it.
0: really believe Ivan can take Josh down. <laughs> without a doubt. Alright guys, so we're gonna do a little recap. So here's some questions. Who wrote the book of Matthew? Matthew. Boom! <laughs> Got it! Ha <laughs> 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 Alright. Who was the audience? Jews, what was the purpose of this gospel? Jesus.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. Without
0: a doubt, that Jesus is Christ. Boom. And last one, what has stood out to you the most throughout our study? There's no right answer.
1: We're finishing up the beauties, and I think that it has been super meaty. Super meaty. Super meaty. So I've been
0: soaking the whole thing, and it's been super meaty. It's a lot. My favorite description is that the Bible is. I think it's Saint Augustine. The Bible is shallow enough for a child to wade in and deep enough for an elephant to swim in is that you can read the entire like people have dedicated their entire lives to studying the, like the bible and so the idea is that when you are younger in your faith you the way you read the bible is going to be very different than the way you have read it when you are eight years 10 years 50 years in but if you the, the same scripture can speak the same Thing, but to different seasons and so it's super meaty I think for me what has been super like stood out is like how how one verse can be 30 minutes of discussion and I do like that we are not rushing through critical sections of this scripture and honestly we'll probably be in Matthew for like the first couple of years because we're not rushing through it so that's that's how I prefer to do Bible like reading the Bible and discussing the Bible is like how to provide context to scripture and how to see scripture in light of the entire book. And we're at a day like we were um, Lindsay and I visited our parent church on Sunday and Pastor Tom essentially just talked about how we're in a day and an age where we are constantly seeing compromise of biblical truth. We're seeing compromise of church, like, what, um, the gospel is, and it really challenged me, because it affirmed my, like, what we talked about the last week, which is, like, the church, like, the world isn't going to change when more people come to church, like, that's not it, the world will change when the people who actually go to church start living out the gospel fully, and in, like, complete obedience, and so, um, this has been super challenging for me, because, I've studied the book of Matthew in college and what it spoke to me then is completely than what it speaks to me now. So that's been something that I've taken away. What else does one other person want to share about what stood out to them the most throughout this study? Don't shout me down.
2: between this and I um, I listened to, because I kind of forget where I heard different things, because I also listened to the um, Lagos um, like overview of Ma- like the whole thing of Matthew which is like 20 some odd hours mm-hmm. um, but between both like here and on there what I really found fascinating because I've never read, I've read straight through some books but I've never read any of it with context and history in mind mm-hmm. um, and I've really enjoyed and liked hearing the context and the history behind things as well mm-hmm. because it does make a big difference to the actual like meaning and importance
0: yeah um, of all of it that's mm-hmm. good we're going to tonight we're just focusing on two verses um so it's matthew 7 13 and 14 um jenna jenna can you read 13 and tom can you read 14
2: road that leads to destruction and many enter
0: through it
3: but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it
0: Uh, my first note for these two verses is it's pretty straightforward so the idea because my translation uh, says you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate the highway to hell is broad and and its gate is wide For the many who will choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few will ever enter it. And just the idea that like this past weekend uh, in my trip with Lindsay. And I really hope that as I continue to travel that I can invite different people for that trip. um, Was that we had a really we had so many great conversations um, but one of the th- conversations that stood out is how hard is it to follow Jesus? That how hard it is to be a Christian and live out this thing that we say that we believe. And this scripture just affirms that it is re- it is easy to live in sin. And it is easy to um, make decisions that are about yourself and about this world right here, right now it is easy like because the, essentially what Matthew is saying is that the gateway to, to life is very narrow and the oh sorry no what he said was like God's kingdom you can only go through a narrow gate which means it's a tight fit and have you ever gone through a narrow doorway or a narrow entryway with multiple people like it's it's just not a ideal a it's hard but when I was reading it for some reason the word narrow path kept coming to my mind and um, it reminded me of two things I've experienced uh, the first one is this this is Sock Mountain and it was my first ever real hike I was not expecting what that looks like but essentially these are all switchbacks and these this was the path and what was scary was my first hike ever, And I was kind of blown away at how narrow it was because there was three of us and we had to walk line in line. So you're like the mountains on one side and the other side is death. And so I remember walking it. And you probably tell by now I'm not super outdoorsy, but here I was. I'm like, this is fine. It's fine. These are narrow. Like I could do this. And then there were parts of the path where uh, it was washed out. And there was still ice, we went in like April, like end of April was heating up, but there were still parts of um, uh, the mountain that was just covered in ice and snow and (laughs) good times. And I didn't wear hiking shoes because I didn't own them, but I was like, Nike, running shoes are fine. And there was this part where essentially you had to lay against the mountain, kick your way across to get to the other side of the path and I legit sat there and I just cried and I was like I cannot do this because when you're hugging the mountain you're hugging ice and below it it's more ice it's like this ice like this little ice slide and I was so scared and I was crying and my little sister was like you can do it I believe in you and I was like you can shut your face now like I can't do it this is so scary and I'm crying that like, you know she can do it so I did it and it terrified me. There's so many parts of this narrow path that was really really hard and I'm so grateful because the people that I went with they were scared too but we were committed to doing this and I couldn't have done it without her encouragement and so why this story about um, Sock Mountain came to my mind was that the narrow path is really scary. It would be wise to travel it with other people other people who can remind you what truth is when you don't believe um like i knew planting this church that i would experience an overwhelming amount of spiritual warfare on just like who what i believed uh who i am like everything my family and last night i was driving home from work and i had this moment where i realized that like this is one of those times where I could easily slip into isolation and just like be really hard on myself. I was hearing like, am I called to be a lead pastor? Do can't do I hear do I even hear the voice of God? Is this what we're supposed to be doing? I forgot Kenzie's first day of pre K was our summer school. She needed a bathing suit. I didn't read the note and Riley was like, Oh by the way, we need this. So immediately I'm like, I'm failing as a mother. I forgot to pack a swim bag. What kind of mother am I? And Kyrie was like, is today pajama day? And I was like, I don't know what day it is. Why do they keep changing it? And I have to call (laughs) Riley. And I'm like, Riley, when does she get out of school? All these things that I assume that I should just know because I'm a mother, I don't know. And so I sat in bed last night and bless Riley, he gets to see like the inner workings of um, crazy And I'm just like, I don't know what I'm like. I don't know if I'm called to this. I don't know if I can keep doing this. I don't know if I'm a good mother. Like, am I failing it? Like, it was just so hard. And so I reached out to my closest friends and like people that I've done ministry with. And I'm like, I just want to let you know this is how I'm feeling. And like, in minutes, a flood of text messages, like just people like, can I call you right now? And they are walking the narrow path too and I was able to say I need help on this part of the narrow path and they were able to say I can do this with you and so in this narrow path in this narrow gate that Matthew was talking about know that it is hard it is hard to choose integrity when you can choose dishonesty it is hard to choose honoring your family and your children when the world says that adultery is normal when it is normal what was it the last time I heard the statistic like Over 60% of children in the U.S. go to bed at night without their father. That means that they have, I was raised by a single parent. I was not raised with a male figure in my home. But, like, those statistics, like, and so it is hard. And what I love about this story and walking this is I'll never do it again. Just heads up. This narrow path, (laughs) tapped out. But it reminds me of another narrow path scenario. You guys can say, aww. Guys, is that, this, this is, is me and this, this is, right. this. <laughs> what a hottie, am I right? All right. I don't know. I've tell Riley about him. Um But this is Riley and I
2: <laughs> on our
0: anniversary. Oh, no, okay. no, no. Honeymoon. That was honeymoon. This is, oh. right, this path went down to YPO Valley in Kona. <laughs> this is my face because I just think I look adorable in workout clothes. This hike is going to be really easy. Clearly... <laughs> Nothing has changed in the way that I think about myself athletically, but baby, can you tell them more about YPO Valley? Like, what is that incline? Well,
3: I don't know, you put me on the spot. I know.
0: Boom. Surprise. It's Life like, with me.
3: It's like a twenty-four percent slope, or what? No, it's more than
0: that. It's like you go
3: Vamp and I'll look it up
0: for you. Okay, pay. I don't know what vamping is, but I'm doing it anyway. So Riley, like, let's do YPO Valley, and I was like, no, this is great. This is a great idea. So this is us super happy. Um, we go down to the bottom. It is so steep that I'm walking, and I'm just, like, totally inclining back because I'm, like, if I lean it, I'm going I'm to fall down this hill. And we get to the bottom, and I'm, like, oh, this is, like, super cute. Like, there's this little village. It is green. Like, this is great. We're walking along this path, and I'm, like, this is is this the hike? I was, like, I love this hike. And Riley goes, no. I was, like, is this the trail? And he goes. This is the trail, and he points. And it's this narrow path, like like the soft mountain one, narrow. And it's um, it's like off this off beaten, path. like you leave the beaten path to go on this very narrow path. And it is freaking me out because fun fact about on Johnson, I do not like things that I cannot identify touching me, like. If I am in the water, if something's, like, my attachment, I'm, like, freaking out. And for this walk, he, he was, like, moving, like, all these plants. And I'm, like, oh, my gosh, things are touching me. Did you did you figure out that? Okay.
3: It's uh, 800 feet and only about a half mile. So it's an average grade of 25, but it goes up to
0: 40%. So just, like, the incline is ridiculous. So we go on this, and we're going through. It was narrow. Riley was walking in front of me. I was pissed. I was so angry because I was like, I was not ready for this. You did not give me clear expectations, which I'm pretty sure you did. I I put expectations upon
3: expectations. Yeah,
0: I was just not emotionally ready for this (laughs) narrow path. And we're walking and I'm like, I can't, I can't. And I'm like, I was like, I "I am pissed right now. Like, I do not want to do this. These things are touching me and I don't like it. I am no longer happy. Hey, it was great, baby. You were so patient, and we were walking. And I was like, "Okay, what's the next step?" No. And this is when I like lose my mind. Rather goes, "I just need you to climb to the barbed wire," and I'm like, "No, <laughs> no!" And I swore. I like turned around and I book it out of that. I was like, "No, I will not walk this narrow path. I will not do it. Things are touching me." I cannot identify what these things are. There are bugs touching me, and you want me to walk through barbed wire. And then he then further explained that a part of this hike was that you would have to take off your shoes and your bag and carry it above your head as you walked. Was it a cave? No, it was through a riverbed. Through a riverbed? And I... And he, <laughs> no. And he was like... I no. want to go on vacation. No. And I was so mad that... But the thing was that Riley told me exactly what to expect. And I did it and I wimped out. I could not do it. It was too hard. And, it, and I read this and I thought about my honeymoon because Matthew lays out how hard it is to, to walk the narrow path, to go through the narrow gate. So I turn around and I left that forest so fast, hoping I was going the right way. Um, and I was mad. I was so angry, even though I had knew exactly what to expect because he told me, but I was not prepared for how hard it was. So I got angry and I walked away. And as I say this out loud, I think that in my years of ministry, um, there are times when the church, when Christians give an, an inaccurate portrayal of what it is to follow Jesus. And um, Matthew here is like, it is not easy. It, this path, this gate, this narrow gate to life, to the kingdom of God, is not easy. Yet, Christians, we give an inaccurate portrayal of what that looks like because maybe we want more people to come to church. Maybe we want more attendance. So we'll make following Jesus look really, really fun, that it's fashionable, that it's cool. But that is not the imagery that Matthew is giving. And that was not what I experienced in on our honeymoon was that he gave me full expectation. Sometimes we do tell people exactly what it's like to follow Jesus because preaching the gospel to the fullness of like the fullness of it without compromise comes with a cost. Following Jesus has a cost and it is your life. And that might sound intense, but following Jesus is not easy. And if we continue to make Christianity sound like super easy People, we're going to not want to give realistic expectations. But then when we do tell them what it's like, they get pissed and they turn around and they walk away. And that's the thing is that the gospel, living a life that is worthy of what Jesus did on the cross is not easy. And we cannot continue to make it sound like it is easy. We have to be able to invite people into a space where they see our struggle and they see how we're gro- we're like living our life Because if we continue to portray Christianity as perfection, then we are not doing its service. Then people think with London Law Syndrome, if the outside looks good, no one's going to ask me about my inside. If my outside Christian life looks like it's perfect, no one's going to ask me about the hot mess on the inside. And we have to see, and we have to know, that the gospel has never laid out following Jesus to be easy. The 12 disciples walked with Jesus, and it was still hard for them. They chose the narrow path even after his death and resurrection, and some of them were martyred. Following Jesus is not easy. The gate is narrow, the path is narrow, and few can find it and few will enter it. But the gate and the pathway to hell is easy, and we live in a day and an age where we have to be ready in and out of season we have to be ready and we have to know the word of god we have to know truth we have to be willing to walk alongside the narrow path with other people even if you're in lines walking that narrow path because i can tell you on sock mountain if ashley wasn't there to say you can do it i believe in you at one point she even gave me her hiking shoes and hiked barefoot because she's a beast but that's another story but sometimes your friends along the narrow path will carry you they will help you and that's the part of the narrow path is you're not meant to walk it together and I think this is an interesting thing because walking the narrow path with other people require vulnerability and when you are vulnerable the things that you will feel embarrassment, shame, unknowing, insecure, all these things but being vulnerable in wisdom allows you the space to build trust with other people and you need trust as you walk this narrow path as you enter this narrow gate and so i just started thinking living a life that is aligned with the word of god comes at a cost like if we read the scripture and i'll be the first one to admit i do not have my act together that when i read the word of god god is still convicting me on sometimes I curse when I get really upset or when I don't and I am working on purifying what comes out of my mouth like that's just straight up hey the lead pastor of this church. sometimes I curse guys that's right. yeah right there's these, and we all have these different things in our life but what the cost is is the cost is continually growing and being dedicated to the fact that this is worth it because even though following Jesus is hard It is worth it. Living in full obedience of Christ will be inconvenient and it will be uncomfortable. But it is worth it. True discipleship comes at a cost. To disciple people will take of your most valuable asset and that is your time. To live life with people, to mentor them and teach them about the faith will take time. But for each of us to be discipled and mentored by somebody else takes another vulnerable another asset and that's our choice to be vulnerable and our choice to be humble to ask somebody if they can invest in you and like I said earlier the number one and when I went to that the number one thing that these pastors told me when I went to the church planting um, seminar was or the church planting meeting or whatever they called it was the number uh the reason that they are still in ministry is because somebody mentored them when they were younger. Somebody discipled them. It was a pastor or somebody else in their church. And these people are now going and they're changing lives and they're spreading the gospel. But I know discipling people that it t- it, will, it takes time. And discipling somebody is loving them when they make really great decisions and you can cheer them on. or when they make really stupid decisions and you hold them when they cry about it. But it's still preaching the gospel and teaching them about Jesus without compromise. And I would say the greatest discipleship journey I have ever embarked on is marriage. Because marriage is when you love someone when they make really great decisions. And you remind them of who Christ is in those great decisions. And marriage in discipleship is when you, you stand alongside them and you remind them who Christ is in their lowest points because there has been times in our marriage where Riley has had to be strong for the both of us because I didn't have the strength to be strong there's times where I've had to be strong for the both of us because he didn't have it and that is discipleship that relationship that intimacy to preach the gospel without compromise knowing that it comes at a cost knowing that our marriage and our relationship not just to our spouse but to each other that comes at a cost to to directly confront somebody in a loving way saying, hey, something you did offended me comes at a cost because society is like you can gossip about them. You can do a passive, like least favorite thing in the world, heads up, passive aggressive post about how somebody hurt you because that is way easier than paying the cost of going to someone saying, hey, this happened, it hurt my feelings, I want to talk about it. It all comes at a cost. And I... I, this is probably my favorite slide is that we do not do people any favors when we make Christianity sound like lollipops and unicorn toots this is straight up theology right here definitely. it's definitely this is like on Johnson theology right here but we don't do anybody any favors when we say that Christianity and following Jesus is super easy and so that I, at this point, I want us to talk about the number one something that we remember in our own walk, like that somebody told us about Christ and we realize, oh, that's not true at all. So like my example is like, I, for a really long time, I, I got saved in a prosperity gospel church where they definitely preach that if God loves you because you have things and like money is how you know God loves you. <laughs> And that was what I didn't even know it at the time but that's what I believed was that things and money was a sign of God's blessing and now that I follow Jesus, like now that I've grown in my faith and I've dug deeper into the word that is a blessing but it is not the tell-all sign of it because I've been blessed we've been blessed when we had have, no- have nothing and we have something we've been blessed regardless but I believed in faith at that time that God's blessing and favor on my life had a direct correlation with money. So that's something where I'm like, yeah, they didn't tell me the truth there. Tan-Tan, do you have something? We'll just go round circle. We're not the popcorn.
3: put me on the spot.
0: (laughs) Should we popcorn?
3: Yeah, I don't know if I have anything else that's on my head either.
0: Anybody?
3: I mean, I've heard things, but nothing that I've been told, like, directly Directly. to me. Or especially, like, something that I believe that was, like, I found that, like, rocked me when I found it wasn't true. Like, I've heard things and, like, oh, really, people actually believe that?
0: Example, baby.
3: Oh, just, like, when people follow people who say, like, you know, they have a new word from the Lord, and you should read my book and follow me and, you know... Mm like that kind of stuff I'm like it just like to me that is a surprise that people would follow that
1: yeah
3: it's
2: interesting um, one thing that kind of comes to mind is um, and it's not necessarily wrong but I think it's thrown out there wrong um, it's just like oh well if you have enough faith or oh if you just pray hard enough mm. like things will just happen for you
0: Mm. Like, that it's not you. happening, yeah. If,
2: yeah, like, oh, well, if you just prayed harder, <laughs> then maybe you wouldn't, like, this trial would be easier, or like, mm. oh, if you, if you had more faith, like, this isn't mm. happening for you because you just must not have enough faith, and it's like, you're <laughs> it sitting there trying, like, you know, as hard as you can, thinking, like, well, what am I doing wrong, like, I feel like I'm trying as hard as I can, you know, and it's still not happening, but that's not necessarily how it works. They like, missed reading Job
1: on that one.
3: Right. <laughs> yeah. like, like I've had that happen all the time at Bible college. When you're going through a trial, you've prayed about it. You go and talk to someone about that. Like, oh, pray about it. God will answer. You. <laughs> you're
1: God, like, that's it's not what I'm not here for. Me. <laughs> that's
3: what I've been doing. I came to get another another viewpoint on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And I think God is good at um, using that, like. He, he doesn't always answer us because He wants us in that community. We're going to find mm-hmm. His word and His answer from somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've had
2: times where, like, looking back, I've prayed or I've had faith or whatever, and you realize in the end that it wasn't, your particular prayers weren't meant to be answered that way. Mm-hmm. It wasn't because you didn't have enough faith. It was because you needed to go through it to get to where God was taking you. Mm-hmm. This was not a punishment this was, you know, a teaching experience, mm-hmm. but people like to be like, oh, well, if you prayed, you wouldn't have troubles or like if you had faith, you know, mm-hmm. um, but they also don't teach you how to pray or mm. expectations around prayer. It's just like, oh, go pray, but they don't tell you like maybe how you should be doing that, what you should be looking at in the Bible, like what their expectations should be, that it sometimes will be answered, sometimes won't be, and that doesn't mean you're a bad Christian it's Mm -hmm. just like oh well your troubles you know like the easy like oh this is easy if you just pray and have faith Mm -hmm. magic things happen
1: yeah
3: i'm kind of with riley i haven't really i've heard a lot of weird stuff but never believed any of it when i was a kid though i used to think that christ was jesus's last name (laughs)
1: <laughs> just as a funny side note
3: it was like you know kind of like Tom Bredesen was like Jesus Christ okay <laughs> you like saw so the last thing really pulls off up. the <laughs> tongue ah <sounds> kid logic
0: <laughs> I think about these things because I think about how sometimes we portray faith Especially in the age of social media, to be a perfectly filtered experience or picture. Um, And then that's what people think it is. Is that. Like, a godly marriage is always easy, but that ain't not, that, that like is anybody's
1: not. life is actually what they put on Instagram. Yeah, it's Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Though like, I'm pretty good about putting some private pictures on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I couldn't take a photo while they were pooping on my floor, because I was screaming. <laughs> but you think about these things, that we, the way that we portray our faith has to be intentional and purposeful to show that the n- gate is narrow, the path is narrow. But it is worth it. It is worth it in the way that we love each other, in the way that we love Jesus, in the way that we live with this idea of an open hand. Like, it is worth it because I've never met somebody who has encountered Jesus so radically and said, I really hate joy and I hate forgiveness and I hate grace and I hate mercy. Like, I don't want any of that. And so, my heart for us is that we would be a people where we would accurately portray exactly what is so clear in scripture which is the pathway to hell is wide and easy to walk and many will enter but the pathway to the kingdom of god to life is narrow and few will find it and so my heart and my encouragement for each of you is and for each of us is that we would know that Sup, josh uh i've got
1: some
0: of the ink on the carpet and do you have any butt wipes love <laughs> one, one called it butt wipes uh <laughs>
1: like they were what, what else? So they work, they work good. Uh, baby, can you help <laughs>
0: him with that? I don't know what happened. I don't,
3: okay. I don't, the carpet. I don't think we have those, those wipes, We butt perfect. wipes around. There's something in a butt just wipe that just wipes. gets anything off. Alcohol. I
1: don't know what it is. It's alcohol. If you have uh, Jess should have it. Jess Hands. is down there. And she can get those you some
0: butt stuff. wipes. hand
1: sanitizer, will oh, My wipes are a water wipe. they don't have
3: so, everyone tries to put, I feel like everyone tries to put Jesus through the filter because anything you say in today's culture makes somebody mad. If you had a group this big and you said it's something, somebody would be mad about it. it doesn't really yeah. Matter because everyone's so polarized and so, you know, fortified in their position and they don't want to hear anything. But, you know, when you read the Bible, you know, Jesus was making people mad then. You know what I mean? And the disciples were making people mad then when they were speaking truth. And, yeah. and that's the way it is now. That's the way it is now. But that and, doesn't mean we should change it, right? We shouldn't change it to try to accommodate today today's yeah. you know, feeling.
0: But that is that is that compromise. Like when Pastor Tom was talking about it at Gateway, that's exactly the compromise that he was talking about is like we're such a PC, like we don't know how to have like good conversation mm-hmm. with people who might not think the same thing as us it is not like it's easy that it can go easily like it's not respectful it is like it is aggressive it's usually done on some sort of platform where you don't get to interact and see the person that you're really like arguing with and you don't get to convey emotion and empathy the same way and I just think like even that like the things that Jesus says and the way that Jesus lives it's like we are so so Focus on trying to control other people with what we think and how they should live instead of them like how am I living my life? How am I loving someone like Jesus? How am I living and being led by the Holy Spirit? How am I? Being an example of faith because when we can begin to examine ourselves and examine how we are living we become less focused on how everyone else is living and how we can control them and how we can judge them And that is what attracts people to faith. It is not gonna be rules and regulation and condemnation. It's gonna be like, why does that person have so much joy? Like, whatever's happening right there, I want a little part of that. Like, I wanna know why. Um, Like, how does that person, like, I know them. I know the life that they live. I know what they're going through. How do they have so much, like, faith and hope? That is what attracts people to this gospel is how we live our life in abiding and in aligning with the very person of Jesus that is that is that is what brings growth and so I think about the church and I think about what Matthew is saying and I think this is that to those who want to live a life that is obediently and radically following Christ must count the cost of the narrow and I know I keep saying that over and over again as uh, least the idea of the narrow path and the narrow gate and you have to count the cost but this idea of counting the cost I remember the first time I heard it um, it was at a conference and it was from a story where God called in the old testament where God calls Abraham out of the tent and he says the idea is like look at the stars as many stars are in the sky like that is how much you're like you're that's how many like people you will have like That those are going to be the people that come from you. And Abraham didn't have a kid; like he was, he can't, he couldn't father a child. His wife was old. How is this going to happen? God calls him out. He goes, count the stars. That's going to be the number of the like your like that. That's going to be your offspring. And then after that, God calls him to go to a place that he didn't know. So God speaks to Abraham, tells him something impossible, and then the next day calls him to go, no direction. No. Just go. Go to a place that I will show you. Not I'm going to show you this now. I'm going to tell how everything is laid out for you. And I'm going to say this is how it's going to work out. But faith is going to kick in when I've spoken to you. I've revealed something crazy to you that you can't do in your own right. And then I'm going to tell you to go. And then along the way I'm going to show you. And so this experience and what I heard about this idea of counting the stars and then counting the cost is that Sometimes it doesn't make sense. Sometimes what the life that we live for Christ, that counting of that cost is hard and it seems impossible. Like the things that God can be calling one of us to do, to live in alignment and abiding to, with Jesus, that cost to you might be something that somebody else cannot fathom. Somebody else cannot understand. And like... <coughs> And as I like wrestle with this and I think about this, the counting of the stars, the revelation and the speaking of God to Abraham to count all this, to like take in this impossible circumstance and then to go and follow him. And I think that is Abraham had to count the cost before he packed up his entire herd and leave and go to a place that Jesus like that God would show him. He had to count the cost, and then he did it. And every person in the Bible who has obeyed God radically, and did it sometimes quickly, they had to count the cost. You will have decisions throughout your entire day where you have to think: the cost. Is it worth it to do this? (coughs) So, like, oh yeah.
1: Have you ever read um, "Experiencing God" (laughs) by Blackaby? He talks about. What, what you're talking about Whoa. and it's this really cool picture of like God's gonna God's always at work around us so he'll invite us into something mm-hmm. and then we'll have this uh, like this um, fight of faith where we're going yeah. believe Fights? it right and we either Fights? and we can either stall there and be like I can't do that or, I can't Fights. obey or, or you choose to obey and then you learn to trust God more and then, you, and then he invites you to a new thing and mm-hmm. you know what I mean it's cool. kind of what you're talking about it yeah' is what
0: you're talking about. like we'll have so many decisions of where we will count the cost in the sense that we make that faith decision we weigh the outcome <laughs> and we decide what we're gonna do and I think yeah. like there will be situations and I think like oh there will be situations when you get older, where you will see your peers disrespect women blatantly and outwardly. And you will, in that moment, have to decide, do I defend and speak up and say no? Or do I continue to just sit here and allow it happen? Because the cost will be, if I speak up and tell them to stop being disrespectful, stop doing that, then the cost could be lost of friendship. The co- But you, you would know what is right is to defend that person, defend like that this is not how women should be treated. The cost of, like I think about like this season of my life, the cost of what it is for my family. We've had to count the cost of what this looks like to do this. But I can think I have never regretted a decision that I've made that I know honors God. I have never regretted that decision. But we have opportunities every single day to count the cost. And how hard we work like I think about my job at faith life and there are so many opportunities where I have to count like is this worth it when somebody is super sassy over faithlife.com and I can't read their face I can't empathize with them I have to count the cost of like do I say something sassy back because you just really irritated me or do I show you Christ and that sounds super silly. But that's, like, an example, like, a real-life example, like, on social media. If you ever read, you're like, like, that got nasty really fast. Like, if you read a thread about politics or worldview or anything like that. But I think that God constantly is inviting us, like Martha said, into a space where we get to decide that, like, will we choose a decision that honors Jesus or will we choose something that we want? And every decision that we choose to honor Jesus, it's like an invitation, like Martha said, to another experience of what God is doing. And this is weird, but we continue to talk about the cost of discipleship and the cost of following Jesus. And this is kind of what I wanted to end on before we do our takeaway, is are there things in your life right now that you need to repent of? This is not anything where we have to say it out loud, but I really felt like we needed I needed to ask this question because a faith community that is not actively repenting and being aware of the things that we have in our life that do not honor Jesus, we will not grow. And why I say you don't have to confess it out loud is that I am inviting all of us, including myself, into a space of examination and into a space of prayer and into a space. The space is that if you can identify things in your life right now, no. I would encourage you to prayerfully consider reaching out to somebody in our house <laughs> church, inviting them to coffee and asking them to walk that narrow path with you. If there's stuff in your life that you are struggling with, and I say this, um, and I'll, because I do, like, uh, if you're a dude, talk to another dude. Because when you open up vulnerable parts of your life, that can open up emotional attachments. That, are, that probably wasn't planned, but that is just wisdom. So if you're a woman, talk to another woman about things and just ask for accountability and receive accountability. So that is, that is pretty much the end of the message before we do saying? our takeaway. But this week, this week, think about your life and think about the things in your life that could let you know is not honoring to God. What, no, it could be big, me. small. It could be whatever thing. But I do believe that the Holy Spirit is always willing to show us the things that we want him to continue to bring in alignment to truth. And then to talk to somebody about it and ask them to walk yeah. that narrow path with you. Because I promise you, it is way easier mm-hmm. to walk the narrow path with other people. But what makes that that experience hard is that you will need to be vulnerable. You will need to get accountability. You will need to have somebody say, hey, like we talked about this. Like how's your, how is your attitude towards so-and-so going? Have you found a way to love that person differently? So we have to be willing for that. So that's kind of the end of my message. And this is where we do take away um, – and I can just say, like, marinate on that. And uh, this is the part where I was like, I would, we would love to hear. I think it's really beneficial for us to hear as a community what God is saying to us in this scripture, in these verses. And then it could be what stuck out, or just what you feel as you pre- like.